Welcome to the Wirecard Saga, a podcast with Tom Fox and Mikhail Ryder-Gordon, Managing Director of Institutional Ethics and Integrity at Affiliated Monitors. Over this podcast series, we're going to take a deep dive into the Wirecard Saga to see where it may take us literally across the globe. Mikhail Ryder-Gordon and myself continue our exploration of all things Wirecard with our episode number 20, part two, The Blast Zone. We continue to take a look at entities, persons, and even governments who have been negatively impacted by the nuclear fallout from the Wirecard scandal. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome back to another episode of the Wirecard Saga, where I'm joined by my colleague, Mikhail Ryder-Gordon, Managing Director at Affiliated Monitors. Mikhail, what do we have today? Well, we were still in Austria when we when we left part one. We're going to hop back over the border for a moment because the German Bundestag I see, in addition to their questions about Wirecard and money laundering, also were asking about the intersection between the Wirecard financial scandal and Austrian politics. Not only are the central Wirecard actors Austrian nationals, and we're talking about Herr Braun and Herr Marsalek, but three days ago, the IC heard from Austrian security advisor Julian Hessenthaler, who had been arrested in Germany and who had become known to the general public as the maker of the so-called Ibiza videos. Now, you have to remember, we talked about the Ibiza video in a prior episode. Recall, this is the, the scandal it, that caused Austrian Chancellor Kurtz's government to fall back in 2019. Dollar, who uh, uh, was, he's in custody now, but he was a PI, and he has offered his testimony to the IC. Well, well, because he has time on his hands because he's kicking his heels in prison in Berlin. The Austrians also, the Austrians really want to get their hands on him as well, have, and they have a pending extradition request. But Hassenthaler, for those who don't remember, right, he was the private detective, and it was he who ran the undercover camera that captured Austrian politicians on film in Ibiza, supposedly on holiday, claiming a willingness to accept dirty money from a woman they thought was the wealthy niece of a Russian oligarch, right? So they were... They appeared to be offering public contracts to this woman who was posing as a wealthy Russian in return for election campaign help. And all of this was caught on film. And it included the then leader of the SPO, an Austrian politician, Heinz Christian Strache, saying in the video, Novomatic pays everyone. Okay, now hold on to that name, Novomatic. Put that in your pocket because you'll be pulling it out. No time at all. And offering to, so we saw Straka saying this and offering to pay bribes to Russians for political support. Ah. Ironically, Hassenthaler was arrested just this past December, not just for his role in the video capture, and that dates back to 2017, but for charges of extortion and trafficking three keys of cocaine. So, yeah, well, minor offense. He's a diverse criminal portfolio, his is. Now, Hassenthaler has suggested to the IC in Germany that there are serious overlaps from the Ibiza video scandal and Wirecard. He'd be right, by the way. So let's see where this takes us. So damning is 
caller's information that Germany's IC wants his extradition to Austria to be suspended temporarily because they believe the information that he has could bring the Austrian government down. Hassenthaler has suggested that the Austrian-Russian Friendship Society reaches deep into not only the OVP and the FPO, but also the SPO. Now, if you can't remember all the Austrian parties, political parties, you need to go back to the prior episode. But here's where this is all headed. Basically, the right and center-right parties are going to be wiped out if this, if this is true. And Austria's going to be left with only the Greens and some far-left parties to staff their parliament and all of their offices. Hassenthaler's involvement in the meeting in Ibiza was a trap he had planned with his longtime friend and collaborator, who's a lawyer in Vienna. Now, the access to Straka was, was through Straka's party friend and confidant, Johann Gudnus. Now, hold on to Gudnus. Default oligarch niece had claimed to Gudnus that she wanted to bring black money to Austria. Gudnus, of course, thought that was a fabulous idea. Hassenthaler made the undercover video of Straka and Gudnus willing to accept this dirty money. Now, Hassenthaler, through his lawyer buddy, tried to sell the video back in 2017, but the private sale wasn't successful. So, according to Hassenthaler, his buddy then offered was offered two to three million euro if he would publicly confess to the video. But Hassenthaler is keeping mum as to who made that generous offer. Now, Hassenthaler claims to have contacted via his lawyer, not the buddy a Green Party MP on the Wirecard IC with the intention of providing it more information on how Wirecard ties to the Ibiza affair. He claims because he has knowledge of how these two scandals connect to Austria's political, uh, well, political scene and political officials and government administration and their links with domestic and foreign companies that he's been followed by another private detective and that he and his entire entourage have been shadowed and threatened. Now, presumably this tailing and harassment occurred prior to his current incarceration. Anyway, according to Hassenthaler, both the Abyssus Candle and Wirecard all come back to the Austrian-Russian Friendship Society, which we are going to be discussing at length in a moment. And it includes numerous politicians, former politicians, personalities, as he calls them, from economics, security community from both Germany and Austria. Now, a striking number of people with reference to Wirecard also fall into the Ibiza scandal. So he's probably right about some of this. Wirecard was one of the donors to, of course, the Austrian-Russian Friendship Society. And Hassenthaler is describing it as a gateway to Russian interests in Austria through which Dirty money, Russian and Ukrainian businessmen bought into Austrian politics and engaged in money laundering. Now, Wirecard also sought contact with politics via the Austrian-Russian Friendship Society and made plenty of donations to it. Conversely, Wirecard was the, quote, point of contact for Austria's business interests in Russia. Now, Hassenthaler's revelations about Ibiza made him aware of the extent to which influence from abroad, specifically Russia and Ukraine and the Ukrainian-Russian side, were being exerted on Austrian politics. 
Hassan Thalers helping the ISC with a composite wire card, confirming many of his acquaintances that run across both borders, and supplementing them with sort of what he calls his Austrian perspective. But so many of the questions that have been raised from his testimony thus far, well, he's told the ISC he's willing to answer, but only in closed-door, non-public parts of the meeting. So let's go back to what's gone on and been running concurrent to the renewed interest in the Ibiza scandal. And what else has come out of that relative to Wirecard? Okay, so running in tandem to all of this oversharing has been yet another scandal. We got the Ibiza scandal, we have the Wirecard scandal. And on the surface, this third scandal, which is a gambling scandal or casino scandal, it's also rocked the Austrian government because Chancellor Kurz's OVP, the People's Party, is implicated in this corruption probe, alleging top political figures accepted donations from an online gambling company in exchange for lucrative licenses and other political favors. Now, the country has been scandalized. Why? Because it reaches to the top of the government. Police raided the home of Austrian finance minister Gunnar Blumel, um, who is suspected of offering this group, Casinos Austria, online gambling company, state licenses in return for donations. And as it happens, Herr Blumel is also a member of the OBP party, but he is also one of those accused in the Ibiza scandal that Hasenthaler can't stop talking about. And remember how Hassenthaler caught Austrian politician Straka saying in the Ibiza video, Novomatic pays everyone? Well, two weeks ago, when Herr Blumel was uh, awakened early, when the special anti-corruption federal investigators came to his home with a search warrant, they didn't just pull Blumel out of bed in his jammies. They also searched his offices at the finance ministry. Oh, and they stopped by the offices of the gambling company, Novomatic. Now, I told you to hold on to that name. What were the Austrian feds looking for in this furious searching? Well, Bloom is accused by Austrian federal prosecutors of no less than bribery, more bribery, some bribery, corruption, oh, and infidelity and abuse of office. Now, rather unpleasantly for Kurtz, who was already tied to the Ibiza scandal, is the fact that Herr Bloom has been one of his closest friends and confidants for years. Now, the anti-corruption prosecutors are also targeting the international operating but Austrian-based gambling group Novomatic and what's known as Casinos Austria or CASIG. And Casinos Austria, CASIG, is this bizarre hybrid where the Austrian state partially owns a basically a casino chain. So they have a stake in this, and Novomatic was involved in trying to secure a greater control of Cossack, right? The accusation is of possible covert party donations from Novomatic to the OVP appropriates the possible illicit payment from Novomatic to the OVP, to which Kurtz and Blumel both belong in return for help, 
the tax liabilities that Novomatic was facing abroad, primarily in Italy. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, Der Standard, one of the uh, media companies, uh, media outlets, reported that at the time of the alleged discussion of a donation in 27, Novomatic was facing the prospect of tens of millions of euros worth of fines from authorities in Italy. And they thought that the Austrians, at a high enough political level, e.g. Chancellor Kurtz, could help smooth that over. Now, 2017 was the same year Kurtz took over the leadership of the OVP while serving as foreign minister, you know, the person who would talk to the Italians, before leading his party to victory elections in that autumn, and then, of course, only to be slightly destabilized in 2019 by the scandal. Okay. Blumel held several senior positions in the Vienna section of the OVP. Now, Blumel has said the probe had nothing to do with these alleged donations from Novomatic and denied the OVP had ever received any funds from the company. Blumel denies all wrongdoing, saying, of course, at the house search, which followed the interview, I supplied all the requested documents and electronic devices. Herr Blumel, you don't get a cookie for doing what you're supposed to do. Anyway, Blumel is accused of getting his former coalition ally, Peter Sidlow, and you'll hear about Sidlow in a minute, from the far-right Freedom Party, the AFPO, a top job as the CFO of Novomatic. Right? And Novomatic, well... They're an online casino company, <clears throat> Wirecard, online casinos, remember the connection? Okay. And, and this is despite the fact that Sidlow had, like, zero business experience and nothing with gaming. Okay. So Novomatic's investigation is only one that has grown out of Vifagate, the scandal, right, that brought down Kurtz's first government, a coalition with the FPO. Many opposition leaders and even members of the OVP, Blumel's own party, have demanded the immediate resignation of this guy, right? The finance minister, you can't have him having his home and office searched by the anti-corruption investigators and still hold office, they, they say, right? It, it's, it's just a little unseemly. Uh, but no, Blumel's holding, holding fast. And he's not the first Austrian finance minister to face corruption charges. In December, one of his predecessors, Karl Heinz Gasser, he was jailed for his role in a multi-million dollar bribery conspiracy. Meow. How did this get out? The starting point is a text message and a statement to the Ibiza Committee of Inquiry, right? So Ibiza scandal had its own Committee of Inquiry in Austria. And what came out was that in July of 2020, Harold Newman, then CEO of Novomatic, wrote to Blumel asking for his intervention with the tax authorities in Italy. And in his PS, on his, on his communication with Blumel, he mentions the donation. Ha! Now, this seems to be from an earlier internal text message from Novomatic. This was written back in 2017. Newman to then to Blumel, who at that point is 
OVP party CEO, said, quote, need a short appointment with Kurtz. Firstly, because of donations, and secondly, because of a problem that we have in Italy. This is 2017. Well, now the suspicion that party donation has been promised, presumably for that intervention in Italy by then Foreign Minister and current Chancellor Sebastian Kurtz. Novomatic threatened to pay back taxes of up to 60 million euros just three hours after that text went out. Now, it also shows just how increasingly important donations in the financing of political parties has become in Austria. And, yeah, there's some serious currents of corruption running through here. Now, according to another media outlet, ORF, in Austria, Newman's lawyer, Norbert Bass, proposed the following interpretation of the text message, saying, well, according to my client, the donation was a charitable cause, completely detached from the Italian scheme. Uh-huh, charitable donation, is that what we're <laughs> classifying yet? Now, Newman has resigned as CEO. He resigned at the end um, in, in 2020. But let's pause a minute on Novomatic. Because, listeners, you're going to need to dredge up some names out of the past for a moment to give shape to the pieces that fit into this jigsaw puzzle. Yes, we've got Novomatic. We've got Ibiza. We've got Wirecard. And if, and if you've forgotten any of these folks, you may have to go back to some earlier episodes to just catch up on who's who in this. Now, many of the key figures in the Ibiza and Novomatic scandals share another commonality with Jan Marsalek, and that is the Austrian-Russian Friendship Society. Now, in, in Austria, in German, it's called ORFG, Austerreich, Russia, right, right, okay, friendship group, okay. So we're going to call it the ORFG. The society is once again proving itself to be the pivot point for these entwined and expanding scandals, including Wirecard. ORFG, ORFG's financial officer, Florian Sturman, allegedly forwarded confidential news from Marsalek to the FPO. That's right. He fed intelligence gleaned from Marsalek, and remember, Marsalek is tied to the BBT, to the FPO. Now, Marsalek was admitted to the ORFG as a, quote, senator, as was Marcus Braun. Now, some quick background on Sturman. In addition to eventually being Secretary General at the ORFG, he founded the company, EMB Expert Management Group, based in Vienna. And he also ran a company called Russia, GMBH. I would say something is probably not a core strength of, of uh, Herr Sturman. Yeah, okay. Now, Russia GMBH was run by Sturman alongside Ernst Strasser, that's right, former Minister of the Interior of Austria, 2000-2004. And Strasser, remember him from a few episodes back? Buddy to Marsalek was president of the ORFG. Austrian-Russian friendship, indeed. Now, remember Marsalek's effort with his Russian GRU general guy pal, Andres Tupergen, to set up a mercenary force in Libya? Recall it was to be disguised as a reconstruction project and using the contacts with the SDO in the ORFG, including a representative from the Ministry of Defense? Okay, 
will former FDO politician Johan Goodness, who is also active in the ORFG, but resigned from the club's board after the Ibiza affair. A report surfaced last week that Marsalek provided him with information from the BVT, yeah, you know, Vice and EO, and some folks you're about to hear, but relating to Novomatic. Okay, so HB, another former BVT high-level official and a former Dossie officer known as Nina. Good Lord. Okay, remember Wirecard donated to the OFRG between 10 and 20,000 euros every year from 2011 to its implosion in 2020. Wirecard implosion, not the ORFG. Whilst the OFRG could claim it in excess of some 4,000 members, only so-called senators like Marsalek and even Marcus Braun could vote. There were only 500 in the senator club. Novomatic had a senator in the club. And remember Brigadier Gustav Gustenau, Marsalek's Ministry of Defense chum and so-called connector to the ministry? He had permanent guest status to the ORFG. Now, goodness has tried to emphasize that Marsalek had been admitted to the ORFRG with the consent of representatives of all parties, nothing uniquely FTO party related to it. He also claimed he'd only seen Marsalek, or as he called him, this guy, four or five times. And once he and Marsalek were with then FTO party head, Straka, you know that name, listeners, unfortunately for goodness's story, communications, or as the prosecutor's office calls it, lively exchange of messages between goodness, Marsalek, and a mutual friend, Harris Sturman of OFRG, have surfaced thanks to goodness's mobile phone being confiscated in the course of the Ibiza investigations. <laughs> OFRG is finding distancing from this mess just a bad challenging. Somewhere back in Russia, they're like, damn it, thought we had control of this. Okay. An OFRG brochure from 2016 in the senator's section clearly displays the logos of Wirecard and other corporations, including Novomatic and Cigna Holdings. Guess who owns Cigna Holdings? Deutsche Bank's board chairman. You know, the one that was counseling Braun. <laughs> in view of the media reports about this, OFRG is doing everything in its power to distance itself from Marsalik. In fact, Russian ambassador Dmitry Lubinsky, an honorary president of the association, said to a spokesman, this is how bad it is, now the Russian ambassador's going to get involved, said that Marsalik's activities had nothing to do with the Friendship Society. Oh, sure, Ambassador, because your country's so known for its candor. Well, I would we doubt you. Now, I just mentioned Marsalek and goodness was mutual body Harry Sturman, right, the old sect general of OFRG. Well, despite the OFRG's stringent denial, Sturman appears to have forwarded information from Marsalek to the FBO. One of the messages from Goodness re Marsalek is, I assume that Florian Sturman, in the opinion of this situation, must take the consequences of this. If not, we will have to talk about how to proceed. Indeed, it's so difficult to get away from all those damn text messages. I told you, kids, I told you last episode, if you text it, we can find it. My 
God. Okay. So now the Stasi joins the party because this wasn't crazy enough. Another older case has come back to the attention of Austrian prosecutors. <laughs> See if you can't spot some of our old familiar faces in this one. The old case featured a former Stasi agent known as Nina. Now, Nina, after German reunification, Nina basically hung out their shingle uh, of their not unformidable spying skills to the private sector, and many a corporation reached out, both in Austria and Germany. Now, Nina relied on police officers and folks in the BVT to acquire information on behalf of clients, paying for the, quote, research. Now that the whole vice and EO scandal has emerged out of the WireGuard scandal, you know, the whole BBT, relative Marsalic, WireGuard, yeah. Well, now the Nina scandals resurfaced because HB, a BBT official, Nina is said to have supported financially for a large number of projects. Call it give and take, if you will. Nita needed information from HP and paid handsomely for it. Doesn't this sound suspiciously familiar, a la Weiss and EO? In a report from Austria's Federal Office of Anti-Corruption, back to the Economic and Corruption Prosecutor's Office, looks up, it lists some two dozen projects by Nina in which also local government officials, including those in the BVT, may have played a role. Yep. In fact, Wixa confirmed they have an ongoing investigation against HB of the BVT, formerly of the BVT, for their work for Nina. Uh-huh. Oh, and HB is also suspected of providing information to Russia. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so according to Bax's report, some of Nina's clients were in the gambling industry. Listeners, do you see this coming? Yeah, you called it Novomatic, Nina's client. The investigators are looking into those chat histories with Newman, right, former CEO of Novomatic, and the head of the group's communications. Back in 2015, Novomatic wanted to prevent the Czech Sanska group from acquiring additional interest in Cossack. That's the casino Group. Remember, this is the one where this hybrid casino chain, partially owned by the Austrian state. Well, Sanska had kind of a walk on, on some of those casinos with Tosic. Novomatic wanted in. Nina created, with the help of HB at BBT, a dossier, so to speak, on Sanska, which was then not shared with a private client, Novomatic. Oh, no, it wasn't exclusive to Novomatic. No, it was shared with then-Minister of Finance, Hans-Jörg Schelling of the OVP. And according to investigators in text messages, again, Newman can't leave those text messages alone, wrote to Nina, and Nina wrote back, have you meet, uh, have, uh, I need to have you meet the media man. I don't know. I can't re reveal who it is at BBT. This is confidential. <laughs> no, not so much now. Another OVP politician who at that time worked in the BVP and then later in another government office gave a dossier to the Ministry of Finance. And Nina explained this in an email. 
<laughs> and the Austrian government suddenly presented itself in with a new holding company, Ovid, taking the side of Novomatic to help boot, boot out Falca. In fact, Weiss was entrusted with the task of doing this research by Nina. According to Nestio, the results that Nina produced, <laughs> thanks to the BBT, in the Saska matter, had led to, quote, the policy towards Saska group being positive. The spies played a double role. So, playing both sides, they shared information with Novomatic and with Saska and with the Ministry of Finance to help sway who was going to control Gothic. Now, in return for donations to the OVP and FPO. Now, a lawyer for Novomatic has told Der Standard at the time, both on the part of Novomatic as well as the Czech investors, referring to, to Saska, we just wanted more information and we were both looking at shares in, in Kasig, you know, for compliance reasons. We were already involved in doing our due diligence on this co-partner in order to obtain an appropriate risk assessment. Nothing untoward here. Um, <laughs> you know, no information was given or provided that was generally not accessible. I mean, it was all accessible on the Internet in media, in media articles. That's all that was shared. Right. Or at least nothing more classified information-wise than that which was illicitly obtained from BBT databases. Yeah, so beyond that, nothing, nothing that wasn't generally accessible. <laughs> Now, the dispute over Gothic shares was almost a prelude to what is now thought of as the casino scandal, the current scandal featuring Novomatic at the heart. Saska held a majority of the casinos Austria, but Novomatic and Astio politicians appeared to possibly engage in corruption to try to remove them. We got that. Now, according to Christian Hafnecker, head of the FPO on the Abiba Committee of Inquiry, the Novomatic Act appointment of another politician from the OVP, Peter Sidlow, I told you he was going to reserve this, right, to Cossack's Board of Directors and ultimately a CFO, right? This was to help change the balance of power at Cossack. Now, Sidlow had no relevant experience in the gaming industry. In fact, his hiring to Cossack in March 2019 was surprised everyone. Honestly. And he was fired by December. Eh, could be for not knowing the gaming industry. I don't know. Sidlo, being Novomatic's candidate for the job, according to investigators, had been promised his own gambling licenses in return. Now, Sidlo is now under investigation by Wixa, the Anti-Corruption Prosecution Office, for his part in this larger scandal. And whistleblowers say the political corruption scheme involving Straka, and Novomatic, and that larger staking Cossack, as a scandal opened up, in my, my view, a scandal opened up, Novomatic couldn't wait to divest itself of Cossack shares. But according to all of this and the investigative report by the Anti-Corruption Investigators Office, Nina and HB from the VCK's role, including being paid to collect information about the key players in this power struggle between Novomatic and Saska for supremacy of Cossack, is even more troubling than just the pure story of paying officials to pass along classified information. Why? 
Well, in addition to this inflammation flow back and forth between MENA and the BVT, information, which was apparently used by the intelligence office, BVT, went on to those in the OVP. I know, it, there are a lot of acronyms here. <laughs> and the committee, uh, the Ministry of Finance, at Shelling, and then the head of the cabinet at the Interior Ministry, Michael Cloydner, and as a result, Schelling publicly advocated for the Sosco Group, which is already said to have links to, wait for it, illegal gambling. Yeah. So finally, the Sosco Group had announced that it entered into this binding agreement to buy even more shares into conflict. And it was going to be financed by debt capital. And everybody seemed happy, sort of, uh, with Shelling now stuck with the task of convincing Novomatic to sell its Cossack shares. Did you follow all of that? Now, the plan to re-enter the casinos by a Sidlow as CFO was set in motion by Novomatic. This effort was led by a certain... Bernard Kay, whom Newman, CEO of Nomomatic, had known for a long time. Bernard Kay had once worked for the OVP, Wolfgang Soberska, and Ernest Strasser. Remember these two with Marsalis? And he also had good contacts with the FPO, with which he and Sidlow had run a joint company. Mm -hmm. Now, remember the president and chairman of the committee, Sobica, and former minister of the interior, who surfaced in photos, seated next to Marsalik at dinner in Moscow. Okay, ready? Sobica's former press spokesman, Bernard Rumpel, is also spokesman for Novavatic, and has played a really key role in serving as communications channel between Novavatic and the FPO. In fact, Crumple was inaugurated into Kurtz's political party takeover plans, and he told Novomatic Newman, CEO Newman, that as soon as Kurtz gets into office, Novomatic's demands will be met. <laughs> and those text messages. And addition, additionally, Kasich's CEO, Bettina Glatz-Kreismer, has been Sebastian Kurtz's deputy as OVP chief. Ain't that cozy? Some of these communications, e.g. text messages from goodness to C's phone, show a lot of talk about money and assistance to one another. In 2018, when Novomatic was expanding its efforts, uh, re-coughing, Newman had texted uh, saying he needed an appointment with Charles Kurtz. Graf and I would like an appointment with FK from mid-February. He, he sent this to Blumel. Blumel replies, please go directly to, I'll push this for you. Four days later, I have an appointment on a schedule. You're ready to see Kurt. Yeah. Now, Newman, who drove a Lamborghini as a company car, so, you know, like to keep a low profile. Another boy's own fantasist. Was known to be a popular guest and a host among Hoy, Austria's Hoy Polloi. For instance, he was known to be a regular dinner party guest of his good friend, D-Square founder, Alexander Schutz. 
You know, the one who chairs the board at Deutsche Bank. The very same one who counseled Marcus Braun that he's been a naughty boy and suggested he finish the Financial Times. See how it's all starting to come together? <laughs> Mind you, Newman claims he can't believe the accusations. Quote, I am stunned at how my image is constantly being ruined with completely baseless accusations. I haven't been accused of anything. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm blameless. Stunned he is. Unfortunately, Herr Newman, you keep some rather questionable company, and that may have painted how folks view you. Now, Marsalek had regularly received information from the DVT. He passed it on to FPO politicians, goodness, through Sturman of the OFRG. And both goodness and Marsalek, like many other high-ranking politicians, entrepreneurs, etc., were active in the OF, ORFG. And the other BVT employee, Beyond Vice, is said to have been a police attaché in Rome and a confident of vice. And according to their standard, there were several suspicions against him of Russian espionage, as well as, well, disciplinary proceedings in connection with alleged misconduct as a liaison officer in Turkey. In fact, according to the press, he's also considered, well, he's implicated with vice, as all of this was going to hell in a handbasket, for making accusations against other BVT colleagues in an effort to misdirect the current corruption investigations. Oh, and then there's one other factoid that we shouldn't omit. This other BVT employee, he's also said to have taken part-time employment with Wirecard. <laughs> now, recently, the Council of Europe, specifically its group of states against corruption, Greco, issued a scathing report on Austria's, quote, persistent lack of progress in combating corruption. In the report, it excoriated Austria for lagging so far behind other developed countries, saying it was globally unsatisfactory. And it specifically cited the country's miserable record in cleaning up its corrupt parliamentarians as the political official class. Remember how a few years back that club to burn essentially determined to keep Austria from receiving any sensitive information because it couldn't be trusted with classified intelligence, particularly as it related to Russia? Well, even a recent independent review of Austria's intelligence operations has found deep failings. And this is where it all comes together, the shambolic and trust, uh, the, the shambolic and, and really untrustworthy intelligence officers, the corrupt officials that sell classified data or commit treason by sharing it with Russia, over Russia through its monetary influence with susceptible Austrian political parties and organizations such as the OFFG, corrupt and malignly influenced Austrian politics and politicians. Are we finished with this scandal? Not a chance. There is so much more to share with you all. We're constrained only by time. So next week, we'll take a look at Wirecard and the gambling industry, including Novomatic, and we'll also take a look at the impact of this massive corruption on the freedom of Austria's press. That's right. Wirecard, Adisa, Novomatic, and even Nina, the blast radius has touched this too. Listeners, as always, thank you for joining me today. My thanks to Tom Fox and the award-winning Compliance Podcast Network, the place to go to hear dozens of amazing shows on compliance and ethics. I'm the Colorado Gordon, and I'll see you next time. Keep your questions and comments coming. I love hearing from you. And yes, I am working on a book on this. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Wirecard Saga. The Wirecard Saga is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to visiting with you again in the new year. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.